five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA, the International Society for Strategic Marketing. And here we go. Okay, out of the day, McDonald's pops up in a classic in classic impressionist paintings. And what do McDonald's and impressionist painters Edward Manet and Pierre Auguste Renoir have in common? Well, in a way, they both represent Classic, iconic imagery. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> but an agency in DDB Athens created a meant-to-be classic motif of Impressionist paintings. And I'll show you. And uh, product placement, I guess you call it, right? Product placement. So they inserted a, a uh, what's funny is is that they put this this is like photorealist uh, and even the chicken nuggets you might not notice the chicken the chicken nuggets behind down there but um, we'll we'll highlight these so that you can see them on the uh, on the show notes which will be available shortly after the show wdma.org you can subscribe and it's free, and you can get that. Um, black tie event, well, I'm not sure of that either, because everybody wore that kind of outfits in those days to everything, including uh, ball matches and whatever, playing bocce ball. I don't know if it's called the same thing in France, but they play it. Okay, and then uh, we've got at the beach, we've got the uh, McDonald's bag there. Um not clear what exactly is in it. That one at least looks more like a painting. It fits in the painting. This one is totally ridiculous. <laughs> there's the uh, there's the the uh, Diet Coke. <laughs> it's terrible. We're wrecking the painting. Let's make it a little tighter here. I don't use this tool very often. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was fun, and you know. I, I was curious about where it ran, and it, it was in Greece, uh, because, uh, you know, I didn't think that McDonald's would, like, put this all over everywhere, and they didn't. Okay. Jackie Stracco, first chief commerce and business solutions officer and executive VP at the USPS, uh, found me a graph. I was looking for this graph. I looked all over the place, and she doesn't, she doesn't have a source, does she? Let's see. Excludes travel. Da, 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 da. Source: eMarketer, October 2021. Okay. So, what I was interested in showing was that she quotes up here that that the um, that the total retail sales. Oops. Total retail sales was I messed myself up here with that other line thing was a growth of 2.5% year over year and uh but e-commerce grew 16.1%. Okay? So uh or this is projected apparently. And so people think, you know, we've been pounding that e-commerce drum for literally 12 whole years or something. <laughs> you know, this is really really the place to be. And yet you look at this and this this from here, from here to there, is uh, non 
e-commerce sales. And this, after all the growth and all the hype, the bottom little red part is the e-commerce sales. And you might want to note that most of that is done by Amazon and Walmart and Target and, you know, people ordering online, Best Buy. I've been doing that for years. Uh, so this, in a, in a very real sense, can't stand without this. And this is, okay, so this is 2021. So 6.4 6 uh, is that trillion? Let's see, yeah, trillion. 6.4 trillion. And of that, not even a trillion is uh, e-commerce. Okay, so one-sixth, less than one-sixth. So this is, so this, and even if it grows, you know, when it grows, okay, so this will grow, will grow 200 billion, and this will grow 600 billion. But it's still, it's still about a sixth. <laughs> and that's why you got to be careful with percentages, you know, and, it's and it's not going to be just e-commerce it doesn't make any sense and the fact is the only way amazon works as well as it does is because they have warehouses everywhere they figured out that warehouses were cheaper to build than than stores in strip centers true but you know it's 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 like it's like the difference between a merchant with a wagon and a merchant with a a, a storefront and a wagon <laughs> Anyway, let's go on. Here was a, a a story from National Retail Federation. When I was looking for that other data, I found this. Retailers announced twice as many store openings as closings in 2021. And there's a picture of a young lady with an open sign and a kind of a boutique location. Uh, and the article starts out with Wall Street's retail apocalypse narrative may have finally been put to rest in 2021 as major U.S. headquartered retailers announced more than 8,100 new store openings. Though we lost we lost 4,000 in 2021 and we lost 10,000 in 2020. So what do you got? So you got 12,000 closings and 8,100 8, openings. Um, also, I think one of the things that really stands out in defense of the Wall Street Journal, a lot that they need any defending by me, is that the openings were mainly Dollar General. Of that 8,000, uh, about 4,000 of them were Dollar General, depending on which, which, uh, which, fiscal year national retail federation has a funny calendar we actually support national retail federation reporting in our data in our database if you're into that uh, it's a it's a crazy but interesting calendar anyway uh and then five below is electronic stuff at five dollars or less and uh so basically what's happened is this kind of store is probably closed you know Urban boutique stores got hit hard when mayors and governors allowed basically everybody to be looted uh, that anybody wanted to loot, and only the big retailers are surviving. So, again, it's sad.
Okay, so at times of war, marketing is rendered superfluous and ridiculous. And that's from Mark Ritson. And, uh, I, you know, Mark always makes me think, so I don't always agree with him. But um, one of his former students said that she'd like to ask a question, and he says he has a sense of obligation to that. She lives in Kiev metropolitan area. I looked up the pronunciation of Kiev because Joe Biden keeps saying Kiev, and it may be right. It may be, it may, you know, uh, a lot of cities are pronounced differently. Um, like Roma is <laughs> when you're there, and Rome, everybody says here. So it's very likely we've completely, or Beijing and Peking and whatever we used to call it, Peking. Uh, it's very likely that we're mispronouncing it, calling it Kiev, but Google says it's Kiev. I did look it up. So I'll go with that until Google changes. Um, but she said, have you ever have any thoughts on marketing strategy in a situation of war? And uh, he he had already written two paragraphs about, you know, would you like a reference, a reminder, a link to an old paper? But he, he that just struck him so powerfully that he didn't have anything to say at the moment. Uh, Plato said, only the dead have seen the end of war. And that's pretty true. And, uh, but for many, especially those born after the fall of the Berlin War, there haven't been much, any, there haven't been that many wars unless you count, um, you know, the Serbian War that we fought in, where we bombed the churches of Serbia in the winter, I mean, in at Easter on Easter Sunday. You know, a lot of these conflicts are have religious undertones or overtones. I don't know why the United States would bomb churches in Serbia, Orthodox churches, but it's well documented. And uh, war is rarely do you find out what's really going on in war. Unless you can talk to real people who really live there. And so I'm a little disturbed because this article draws many, many conclusions from the mainstream media reporting. Um, which, you know, is fun when you look at it. The, 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 uh, the president in a flak jacket that's from a year and a half ago. Eh, that's okay. I mean, maybe he has a flak jacket on today. But he hasn't apparently produced a similar... <laughs> a similar... Uh, picture anyway um and uh so anyone reading their news feed will be dumbstruck by the juxtaposition of everyday marketing minutiae of influencers advertising and awards and the posts that followed and then the posts showing men and women preparing for darkness war and death and i'm not trying to minimize that um but as Mark rightly points out the threat of private labels coming against our brand or the risk of inflation was looking relatively benign compared to the threat of nuclear weapons. Now, of course, I grew up in the, in, I was in, six, in, in first grade, I was six years old, in the Cuban Missile Crisis, and, uh, you know, we trained for nuclear blasts. I don't know what good it would have done. We would have been at ground zero for Western Milwaukee, which would have been hit. That's where the, that's where you launch one off. <laughs> you set one off if you're going to hit Milwaukee. There's no sense in in focusing on downtown and nuking most of your 
most of your weapon out into Lake Michigan. No, it would be out in Pewaukee or someplace. So, um, you know, I had nightmares for years and years and years and years about the Cubans coming. And we played Cuban war war games. You know, you be the Cubans and we'll be the Americans and we'll fight you in the, in the playground. Um, so in that shadow, uh, where we almost blew up the whole world, uh, everything does seem a little meaningless. You know, like like Zero Hedge says, eventually, it's, none of it's going to matter. <laughs> none of my shows, you know, I thought, I think to myself, well, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, you know, my grandchildren can watch these shows and decide whether they like them or not. Hey, Style Consultant, it worked. Yay, thanks for chiming in. Yes, very good. Try over on LinkedIn and see what's going on. Um, I get such nice comments, but I think most everybody watches it later. You can put it at 2x and it works out really well. It's always under 10 minutes. There was a there was a an or a, a video going around of of the war announcements on CNN and then an Applebee's ad where the guys dancing on the screen right next to the war announcement. It does look pretty stupid. Now, what I thought Mark should have figured out was did that as tasteless as that was how did that work for Applebee's I mean look at all the salience of this Mark is always talking about salience he says basically get your ad out there and get it talked about and the Applebee's ad is getting talked about my guess is that it multiplied their reach beyond their their wildest imagination even though it is inappropriate us to some extent it's really cnn's fault i mean if they didn't have split screen and showing you know the war pictures which are mainly not of this war and if in case you haven't figured that out uh, we've seen very very little actual footage because now we have the capability of companies and people actually going back and finding video and finding stills and finding out where they were actually from you know so i saw a picture of a woman in front of a an apartment building and that had been a bomb explosion in 2018 a, a gas explosion it had nothing to do with war at all but it was you know vibrant and uh, I saw a picture of jets flying over apartment buildings and that was from a Moscow air show uh, a couple of months ago I guess it was a practice it was practice runs of, of jets flying in formation I saw another one and this was right during the I mean like the first night uh, where um, it looked like anti-aircraft was going off over a city, and we were told that was Kiev and uh, that that the Russians were attacking at night. It turned out to be uh, footage from a video game that had that was completely that was it was it was completely fabricated, you know, CG. So um, be careful what you the opinions you draw right now, um, but. Mark is right, right. Great leadership in marketing grows profits more than the projected percentage. And if you can do that, you're a great marketer, right? Whereas, and here's the, the grim yet determined appearance, yeah, in his flak jacket from two years ago that we see all over everything. Uh, Zelensky. Anyway, I, I don't know what's going on over there. I don't want to take, I, I don't want to draw too many conclusions. Um, but it does literally show the the important things in life 
you know, my wife and I have been listening to some books on tape together, and uh, it's been really nice just listening together and turning off the TV, turning off the internet, getting me away from the computer. Uh, it's good. That's kind of more important. And I think that's the way you should look at it. On the other hand, then he gets into the <laughs> branding bullshit. And when set against the grand scheme of things, yeah, it doesn't really amount to much. Um, it was interesting when 9-11 hit. You know, I mean, so I've been through tumultuous times, the Kennedy assassinations, uh, Martin Luther King, the riots in L.A. and around other places, uh, the Vietnam War, of course. And, you know, we didn't know if the world was going to fall apart right then or just a little later. You know, I was still in grade school for most of that. Um, but 9-11, I, you know, I, I had my own business and. What was interesting was I had two different clients. One was an art supplies client, a fine arts supplies client. And their phones went so dead, they sent everybody home, even though they were in the West Coast. And, you know, the 9-11 was obviously in New York. Uh, another client I had uh, was sold baseball equipment. And their phones were so busy that they couldn't take all the calls which I think are the two main responses to times of trouble. You know, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, we were taught to put our heads, or to put ourselves under the desk, put our heads down, and, you know, pray. And I think that's, you know, that's where most people end up. Most people end up cocooning and, you know, looking for distractions and things. And in that context, entertainment oftentimes is a, a big, big, uh, help, a distraction, or, you know, whether it's positive or negative. And so I like the return of humor in some of the ads and some of the commercials, the Super Bowls. The Super Bowl, I think, had more humor in it than it has in, in, in many, many years. I think we've kind of lost humor in our society uh, with everyone being offended. And with if anyone is even uh, the, the, the thing that troubles me most is the potential for offense is that if there's a group of people that might be offended by what I say, then I shouldn't say it. And they may not ever say anything. They may not even be offended. But we have people who decide to advocate for the potentially offended or the hypothetically offended. But sometimes we have to tell a good joke. Oh, I heard a great joke the other day. My friend Jay Golds. But he said, I'm not allowed to tell it. So you're going to you have to call Jay. Uh, artist frame service okay so you know people are putting yellow and blue flags up and identifying you know you're right okay but Vodafone and uh, and three played their part by by making calls between the UK and Ukraine free you know on voice over IP I can kind of call almost anywhere for almost free I remember when calling my my grandmother in uh, another city, just the next, you know, we were in the suburbs, uh, would cost like a dollar a minute. And that's in, that would be like $10 a minute now. So I don't know. I mean, that's a nice gesture, but uh, Carlsberg, Carlsberg, the, the Danish brewery said, that's where Carlsberg is from. We were talking about them yesterday. 
uh, said that uh, all of its bottles are available for what? They didn't say, uh, although someone tweeted that maybe it's for Molotov cocktails, hence the Danish brewer. So you can get, I'm guessing it's empty bottles. But here was something really interesting. Elon Musk got a got a challenge from Ukraine's vice president to stop focusing on the colonization of Mars and turn his attention to the occupation of, of Ukraine. Musk has a track record of not only using social listening, but also making almost immediate tactical responses in his best Tony Stark uh, response, Starlink, which is some kind of uh, satellite internet, I guess. Uh, I don't know that much about it, but apparently he turned it on, lit it up over Ukraine and said that now um, more terminals would be en route and... Um, just as Putin's rockets were targeting Ukraine's failing internet networks. Internet networks are really hard to knock out because any server, the internet finds its own path to you, between you and your targeted message. Um, so I don't know if that is real either. I know that that when the U.S. invaded Iraq, uh, they were stunned at how resilient the, the Iraqi internet was that they no matter how much they knocked out there was always it was always still mostly running so anyway uh, so he, he tells a couple of stories at the end this willow and I don't know how to pronounce that she quote uh, faced Russian invaders and opened her cellars and gave them all champ gave all the Cossacks champagne saving her family and her staff in the in the villa or something and she said if i give it to them today they drink tomorrow they will pay and apparently it made champagne a popular beverage i know that when my sister went to went to the uh went to russia in the in the uh 70s she you could get champagne and you could get vodka those were the two th the two main drinks in russia so maybe this is what made it happen um, and she made her fortune from exporting her wines to Russia on her, the back of her unintended marketing fame. Coca-Cola, I didn't know this either. Coca-Cola, um, Robert Woodruff, president of Coca-Cola, declared every man in uniform gets a bottle of Coca-Cola for five cents, whatever he is and whatever it costs the company. And so as the GIs traversed the globe, during World War II, they were flabbergasted to see patriotic Coke ads and a ready supply of the famous beverage wherever they went. Okay, Coke employees became technical observers on, the, on every front line and worked with the U.S. government to install bottling plants everywhere American troops traveled. And where they were considered liberators, then Coke became a popular drink uh, as a way of connecting with America. Coke's legendary bottling plants became permanent production facilities and a big part of the brand's eventual global domination. Okay, so do what you can. That's maybe, you know, marketing people are very, very creative. So do what you can. Try to get as good of information as you can. And uh, remember that most of this is probably, is probably cooked up as entertainment. And be careful, be careful speaking out too loudly 
in any direction, I would say. And that includes me. So have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.